And welcome in to the Grind on Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser alongside the Ben Metz right here. And uh, it's been a minute. Been a little bit of time. Uh, seems like that's the summer vibe right now. Is uh, a lot of things going on. I uh, had to had to whoop up on some pneumonia, so got that taken care of. And now it's uh, it's back to back to talking sports uh, today. A, a little bit of bittersweet, but again, a lot to be celebrated. Uh, Tennessee baseball baseballs, as I've called them all season, uh, get to finish up their season. Did that just earlier this week uh, in Omaha. Got a win in Omaha, and uh, just just uh, not enough to to get over the LSU Tigers. Which, uh, if if you see me looking to my my left, you're right. Uh, it's because uh, Wake Forest LSU uh, they're they're trying to figure out who's going to go to the to the to the finals to play the Florida Gators. So uh, Ben Ben, how you been, man? I know you've been vacating it a little bit, uh, but I mean you are a vacating man. I just want you to know you are a very traveling. Uh, fella, uh, but went hatless tonight. So uh, glad everybody could see that you do have hair. Yeah, I'm trying to uh, I'm trying to revive the receding hairline. So I'm, I'm trying to give it a little bit of air this evening. But uh, yeah, man, I've been good. Um, been doing a lot of travel with my daughter with volleyball, um, and that season has finished. It's it's behind us. Uh, she played well this year. Um, and I'm excited about where we are right now as fans, as Tennessee fans, as, as sports fans. This time of year is so exciting. I know uh, we're, we're finishing up the College World Series. We're getting ready to get into some um, made the second half of Major League Baseball. Uh, we're into summer football practice. Um, so we're going to be uh, getting into that, that time of year that uh, you and I love the most. And that's, uh, that's uh, football season, my friend. Well, it's yeah, and it's it's those dog days of summer right now. But I'll I'll tell you, Laura and I were talking earlier today. You know, it's like seventy days until Tennessee football starts. But this Sunday, Nealon picks up pads, and then in a couple weeks, he hits hits the practice field. He's got a camp Saturday, so there's just there's things that are going to start bridging that gap. And then ultimately, uh, been been watching the Braves. They've had a pretty good season, a good start to this season, and so that's going to bridge the gap between that and fall camp for Tennessee football. So, yeah, a lot to be be happy about uh, this season. You know, uh, I was looking at, at stats. This this Tennessee baseball's team, uh, they started conference play 5-10. and 10. Uh, They ended conference play 16-14. and 14. So, I mean, realistically, uh, a way better second half of the year than they did the first half. But, again, you'd like – I mean, that's the trajectory you'd hope for. And then, ultimately, uh, you kind of called the shot uh, – Going on the road seemed to be a good thing for this Tennessee baseball team headed to Omaha. Uh, two out of three years got there, but this time very different. Uh, didn't didn't get the friendly confines of Lindsey Nelson through the Supers. Uh, had to go to Clemson, took care of business there. Had to go to Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Not only beat the baseball team that was there, but also the weather, the umpires, all of that. But we're able to get that done in the wee hours of the morning. And uh, and finally punch a ticket to Omaha, uh, and really, you know, it's kind of new ground for Tennessee baseball. Uh, two out of three years going to the World Series. Uh, I don't know that that's happened any other time in our history. It was the first time we had won a game since 01 in Omaha. 
Um, I just it, it's mo like that that week pro post. I mean, obviously, I didn't want to lose to LSU the other night. Uh, I knew if we beat them, it was going to be a very, very, very daunting task to uh, to beat them twice. And and what they've done with Wake Forest shows me uh, that they deserve to be where they're at right now. But um, I, I I just can't tell you. Uh, with what's coming back on this baseball team, with the the pieces that really uh, 12 months ago were, wasn't a part of this baseball team anyway, uh, how Tony brought them together, how they bought in, and how just 180-degree different they were from last year's team, but still very, very, very successful. Yeah, let's not forget um, there, were a lot of, there were a lot of question marks going into the season uh, because you depleted the entire roster with the exception of Dickey in the starting nine. Um, so, yeah, the pitching staff was coming back, um, but you had to replace eight position players um, on offense. And he did a really good job with Maui Ahuna, did a really good job with Garrett uh, Griffin Merritt and Zane Denton, getting those transfers to come in. He's got more coming in this upcoming season. Um, and let's not forget about the last couple hitters we saw in Omaha against LSU, Cavaris uh, uh, Tears, and then uh, Dylan Dryling are going to make huge impacts to this baseball program. And my understanding, Wayne, is that Chase Burns is coming back. Um, also, potentially Andrew Lindsay as part of that rotation, and then maybe Drew Bean. Um, so the pitching. Um, will be depleted somewhat with losing Dolander um, and, and some other guys in the rotation. But but outside of that, uh, we will have a competitive team. So we've come a long way uh, here at the University of Tennessee. Well, and realistically, I mean, you looked a year ago, you know, two pitchers that we replaced a year ago that, that arguably uh, you would question where they would fit into this rotation. Can you name those two? The two. Well, and, and Ben Joyce. Right. I mean, those are two guys that, you know, Ben Joyce has already made an appearance in the major leagues and uh, Tidwell's doing his thing uh, in, I believe, the Nationals organization. Mm -hmm. uh, but, um, you, you know, those two pitchers are gone. And so we we more than, than backfilled those guys. Uh, and, and I think, you know, the with Frank Anderson, uh, as Tony says, and I love it, in Frank we trust, uh, I think as long as he's there, whoever's uh, in that bullpen is going to be ready to go when they need him. Yeah, and, you know, I think one thing that you learn while watching Omaha, watching the, the Men's College World Series, what I enjoy about it so much compared to basketball, compared to football, um, you, you can't make an argument about who the best team is by the time this is all said and done. It is such a meat grinder, and it gives fair opportunity to everybody. Yes, there is some, there is some concern or there is some questions – in the regional and the super regional about, you know, seating um, and location as far as the super regional goes or the regional. But at the end of the day, you have your top 16 teams that get to host the regional um, and then they're faced with other uh, competitors. And then it's a filtering process with the two game, you know, the, the two and out process. Uh, so when you get to this point, um, in the College World Series, and you watch these guys, everybody's throwing 95-plus. Um, and, and watching LSU the past couple of nights, and just for our listeners where we're at, um, you know, Wayne and I are kind of glancing. He's, he's glancing at his TV. I'm kind of glancing at mine over here. 
Um, it's it's the second game is where we're at if you're streaming um, later in the week, but it's the second game of the LSU Wake Forest. Just watching Dylan Cruz, okay, watching Dylan Cruz, this guy, I think they posted up here that he has like a 60-plus hit streak um, in college baseball. That's insane, okay? So these are – that LSU team has, has – three or four guys that are first round draft picks. Uh, so for us to get as far as we did and compete against those guys the way that we did in this College World Series is a compliment to the coaching staff and University of Tennessee. Well, and I think, you, you know, you look at it, the odds on favor to win the national championships, Florida, and I felt like we handled them pretty well in the regular season. So, uh, no, I, I think this is one of those uh, Tennessee's built to be here. Uh, be here for a good long time. I mean, obviously, I think Tony wants some things in, in place. Uh, Facilities-wise, I think he wants to continue to recruit really well, and, and I think those things are going to continue. But uh, all, all jokes aside, I think, you know, you can read however you want. There's eight teams in Omaha. Three teams were eliminated ahead of us. So, to me, uh, that makes us a top-five team in the country, all said and done. So, uh, I'll take it. Uh, anytime your season, the title of this thing says uh, an Omaha or a season ending in Omaha is never a bad season. So uh, I, I'll take that for the Tennessee baseballs. Uh, like I said, I, I love that there's going to be some hunger come back uh, from this team. Blake Burke, uh, I think uh, Drew Beam, uh, those guys will kind of anchor the leadership. And then really, uh, it, it, unlike last year, uh, you should have a team that pretty much uh, retools. You'll lose Zane Denton. Uh, you'll lose Griffin Merritt. You'll lose Ahuna. But realistically, you should have six of those nine uh, locked right back in. Yeah. And we talked about it off air a little bit, Wayne, and just, just going to bring it up for our listeners as a take um, that I have. And, and I know you and I talk through it um, on a regular basis, but my take has been, and I've brought it up on this show, is um, how Lindsey Nelson can help us, but it can also hurt us. And uh, my take there is that uh, Lindsey Nelson is, is a ballpark that uh, plays very well to the competition. Um, if you're a decently hitting ball club, uh, you can look, look pretty strong at Lindsey Nelson Stadium. And Notre Dame showed that against us uh, in, in the previous year against a team that's arguably one of the best in college baseball. But where I say it helps us, by playing in that ballpark, you hit the 120-plus home runs, and you beat the competition. And if you're pitching strong enough to survive, like the Vanderbilt uh, Friday Night Heroics that you and I went to, um, you can get into the NCAA tournament. And that's what Tennessee does is, is by playing in Lindsey Nelson, it typically puts you in the NCAA tournament. But where it hurts you is if you get in the top 16 and you become that regional um, maybe even potentially that super regional, then you have really good ball clubs that are playing really good baseball coming to a short porch. And uh, that's where it hurt us against Notre Dame. Uh, this year, what, what you and I kind of wished for was that we would go on the road and we got that wish. And what, what I saw when we got to Omaha, nothing was getting out of that ballpark. I mean, the only – I think the first home run that I saw was Dylan Cruz jacked one uh, against us down the right field line, and it just yeah, barely got over the fence. Yeah, and he even took the short route. Nobody was hitting center field. So, no, so I, it's, I, it's a different ball game when you get to Omaha. And, and we did well. You, I mean, you made a very good point that we – 
I think in the uh, I think they said in the Stanford game that we became a team that was I think we had one extra base hits, one extra base hit, and we had about four or five just singles. I mean, just just knocking the ball around in the gaps and and advancing the runners and end up winning that ball game. Yeah, and Tony's a hungry enough young coach that uh, he's only going to knock at that door a few times and until he figures out what he needs to do to get through there. So uh, I think he had enough pitching uh, to to get through. Uh, we just couldn't hit the ball well enough, and so I think there there's where you close that gap. But uh, uh, we continue to bring better teams back to Omaha. I would argue this team that now maybe this team isn't as good or built like uh, last year's team, but last year last year's team came up a little short. Uh, so the two teams he's put in Omaha, this one was better than the first one. Yeah, and look at uh, how Chase Burns performed. Um, this go this this towards the end of this season in this tournament um so i mean just if he comes back next year uh that's going to bring a lot to this ball ball club yeah if he comes back next year to me he steps right into dolander's spot uh if Lindsay comes back you you've got the you've got friday saturday and sunday locked down then you just worry about finding relief pitching i mean halverson's gone uh he's he was a nice arm late uh but at the end of the day with injury and a one-year go, uh, his his transition from Missouri never really made the impact we hoped it would. But uh, but you know, all uh, all hats off. If I didn't have this headset on, I'd take it off. Uh, but hats off to Tony V's boys. Uh, like I said, he, they make Tennessee baseball uh, something you 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 are excited to get to. Uh, I can't tell you for how many years uh, Tennessee baseball. Uh, it was a bridge over over exciting waters between Tennessee basketball and Tennessee football, and now it's it's its own it's its own market. Uh, it's getting its own facility upgrades. It's getting uh, high high profile recruits. Uh, a kid from Vanderbilt entered the transfer portal uh, just earlier today, and I said, "You watch out!" I said, "Tony will be in Nashville tonight." Uh, <laughs> he has no he has no qualms. Uh, obviously with Tim Corbin in that group, but uh, to go get great players. Zane Denton, uh, he he maybe single-handedly got us to at least to push the Mississippi, Southern Mississippi Series, and he won the Clemson Series for us. So uh, to me, uh, he knows how to get impact players uh, when he needs them. So uh, hats off to Tony V. Uh, I know uh, we're running, we're cutting a little short, really, but uh, kind of just a recap show as we want to kind of tool up for – uh, really moving forward will be more Major League Baseball. Uh, we'll talk Major League Baseball standings. Uh, we'll kind of hit a top three, bottom three from here. Uh, but one topic that uh, really was probably a last week topic, but I do want to hit on it because uh, between SEC Now, SEC Shorts, and every every uh, podcast that I follow, uh, they've hit on this SEC realignment for 2024. Uh, they had an announcement show. Uh, last week, I watched that. Uh, might as well been uh, no no offense to the Major League Baseball, but might as well have been their draft because uh, nothing surprised me with Tennessee. Uh, we didn't really get much of a change except we got Oklahoma added to the thing. So, uh, what do you think about dropping divisions? I mean, been a long time since we've done that. Obviously, back in the ninety ninety two timing is when we started doing the two divisions, uh, first conference to do that, and so now we're just. Uh, one big bunch and the and the two best uh, two best records go to the go to Atlanta. I like it uh, compared to the to the uh, 
the opposite of what was being discussed. Um, I think they did a really good job of keeping uh, the rivalries intact. Um, and they, they also kind of, you know, sprinkled in some fun matchups uh, that weren't necessarily part of our typical day-to-day. Um, you know, uh, I think Alabama is slated to play Oklahoma. That's going to be a, a fun SEC matchup. Um, you know, they kept us with, you know, the, the, the standard eight-pack, uh, five rivals, uh, you know, Alabama, Florida, Georgia, Kentucky, and Vanderbilt. And uh, South Carolina gets off the hook against us. So uh, I really gets off the hook against us, too. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I don't know about you, but I, I really want to – I want to – I want to put about 65, maybe 72 on, on the Gamecocks this year. Uh, well, but, I, told, I told Laura it made this, this year's uh, meeting with South Carolina even more important because if he beats us and we've got to eat that for a couple, three years, I don't want to have to deal with that. So, to me, you got to win against South Carolina in 23 now. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think it's a bad thing. Uh, honestly, there's been years for the East that, you know, maybe uh, – uh, Florida and Georgia were really one and two, but they, they beat each other up and couldn't get to Atlanta. Uh, there's been years where Alabama and LSU have been one and two, but really, you know, whether it be Florida or Georgia or what have you, uh, back their way into an opportunity to go to the Sugar Bowl. So to me, uh, the two best records are going to get it. Uh, I like the way they align these, uh, these schedules because how many times Tennessee was almost unaffected. Uh, we basically gave up Missouri and got Arkansas. I mean, to put that in perspective, lost South Carolina and uh, and got Oklahoma. So that's that's what Tennessee got out of the deal. But it's teams like Georgia that now have to play a, a competitive schedule. It's teams like Florida that now have to go to Oklahoma or that have to go to Austin, Texas. Teams that, you know, can show both their way around the state of Florida, Georgia, and really not leave the southeast. And, and then walk their way into Atlanta. So I like the balance because they did. They, they gave you four teams that over the last 10 years was basically in the upper tier, and they gave you four teams that over the last 10 years was in the lower tier. And so to me, uh, we just lucked up and we're right there in the mix. I will say uh, over the last 10 years, I was surprised to say we were at the, the bottom shelf of the, the upper tier, uh, which I can I can appreciate. I think that's uh, that's probably as much to do with Josh Heupel's last two years as it is anything. Uh, I think we would have been in the other category uh, had he not came to town. But uh, I like what it shows. I, I think over the course of 23, you're going to get a little bit more into what our non-conference looks like in 24, and uh, it'll really shake out to to how difficult that schedule can and might be. But to me, you know, and a lot of message boards have said it, uh, that's Nico's sophomore season. Uh, let's ride. I, I don't. I don't think there's a a person you're you're going to be scared of the fourth year in into Josh Heupel's kind of development. So, um, so I, I don't. I don't care how it rolls. Uh, I do think it it does put some parity in the conference. I think it could make some struggles for some teams to go unscathed. Mm-hmm. But in 24, we're going to go to a 12 team playoff. So I don't think it matters. Yeah, and building off of that, um, looking at obtainable and unobtainable factors with this uh, development uh you know obtainable is the 12 team the the 12 team playoff okay um you still have eight conference ball games four non-conference uh so you and i talked about this a little bit is if you 
if you go into an eight conference, four non-conference, and you lose two ball games, are you up for discussion in the Southeastern Conference for going to the 12-team playoff or the 12-team playoff? Absolutely. If you somehow make it out of the SEC and you lose, you lose one, you lose one game. Regardless of the strength of that SEC schedule, you're going to the 12-team playoff. You may not obtain the SEC championship. That's the part that I think with this new development, when you when you stack everybody in the SEC and you get to the end of the season and you have to determine who are the two teams playing in that SEC championship, um, you may not get that invite to Atlanta. But that, that'll be okay if your record is uh, – you know, 10 and two, and you're going to the 12 team playoff. I mean, it may become more of, Hey guys, you know, we lost two ball games. It's fine. We're going to stay healthy. We're going to go play in the playoff, but we're not going to get an sec championship in, in, in the process. So uh, I I do think, I do think that's going to cause a lot of uh, uh, frustrations from the fan base. Cause I do believe there's a couple teams on here. When you look at the schedules, they, they put out there, that could go 10 and two at the end of the year. And who's going to get the tiebreaker? Of course, they've got factors that they're going to tell us um, and, and share with us as they progress in 2024. Um, but it's going to cause, it's going to cause arguments and frustrations amongst the fan base. Sure. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. But uh, you know, that's a good thing about uh, from now to then there's a good amount of time, a lot of talking to be had. And uh, those that, uh, I don't know. Get paid to dig like that. Uh, we'll just we'll just take their lead and then beat up what they say. Yeah, that's how that works. Yeah. And what, <laughs> but, what, uh, 2025 for the LSU Texas matchup, man. That's one that uh, I was kind of hoping when they rolled that out. I was uh, I was really wanting to see a, a matchup between Texas and LSU at Death Valley. <laughs> man, can you imagine those two fan bases in the same stadium on a late Louisiana evening with all that whiskey? Nah, it'll happen. It'll happen. Hey, Steve Sarkeesian's probably like, give me a couple of years so I can get Arch Manning a little bit of a little bit of time under his belt. But uh, but Ben, uh, moving forward, obviously college college athletics in general is is kind of coming to a close here in 2023, uh, or at least spring 2023. Uh, we'll we'll of course get back into football probably less than a month from now. I mean, we'll probably take a little month hiatus, but. But really, uh, moving forward, uh, obviously you're you're kind of the American League guy. Uh, you're the Orioles man, and then I'm going to kind of fire, follow the Braves and kind of look that direction. Uh, but uh, I, I guess, are you excited about it being like all baseball now, like all Major League Baseball, or is this a is this a time of the year where you're like, let's just push through it and then get to to because again, I'm I guess. The sports world has I don't, what, what, spoiled me is probably the best way to put it because it's like there's certain times of the year where, oh, Monday's this, Tuesday's this, Wednesday's that, Thursday's this. Well, now baseball does play every day, basically, but it's not always your team. And, and so for me, I'm going to just try to get through about the next six weeks. Yeah, for me, um, my my wife hates this time of year because I spend a lot of money at Alumni Hall in preparation for football season. So I start buying all kinds of random Tennessee gear, 
stuff that you know you absolutely have no use for i think one year i bought like a rain jacket and a and a boonie hat so it looked like i was getting ready to go sail <laughs> sail the ocean with a torrential downpour for multiple days uh but it was all orange and white gear and i thought it was pretty sweet um so yeah i'm gonna spend a lot of money on tennessee gear i'm gonna i'm gonna study a lot of tennessee football so i get into i get into studying way too much football and it, it could be college football or or high school football but i get into to evenings where i just study that stuff while i watch a major league game but yeah the anticipation for football season coming up um it keeps me awake at night brother <laughs> well, we'll, uh, we'll we'll of course try to get some podcasts out over the next few weeks. Uh, again, hopefully leading up to high school football uh, in July and then maybe early August, we'll try to try to hit Blunt County here. That's where our home base is. Uh, if you're listening around the world uh, or around the even around the East Tennessee area, uh, we're we're based out of Blunt County, and that's a I would say maybe per capita the more the most successful county in the state of high in high school football in the state of Tennessee. So uh, I will do my best to try to get a representative from each of the four Blount County high schools, at least to get a, maybe a preseason preview. Uh, hopefully it'll be a head coach, uh, but beggars can't be choosers. We don't pay the best. So uh, we'll, uh, we'll see who we can get, but uh, anything uh, as we close up Tennessee baseball and, and of course, look ahead to this next, uh, the dog days of summer, uh, talking Major League Baseball the next few podcasts. No, just looking forward to uh, looking forward to football season. And, and again, congratulations to Tony V and the Balls. Uh, I'm very excited uh, about where this program is. Uh, you talked about it during the show. Um, I think we're going to continue to have success, um, and in multiple sports, including basketball upcoming. But uh, that's for another evening. But uh, definitely excited about the upcoming days. All right, man. Well, have a good rest of your evening. Uh, as we close out here, uh, the uh, the Wake Forest LSU game is still not over. I think it's going to the 12th inning now. Uh, but old Dylan Cruz is, uh, I think he's starting this inning off. So we may have some fireworks as we close this one up. But uh, as always, uh, about 30 minutes worth of talk. Hope you learned something. If you didn't watch other shows, we've told we've talked probably better in other shows. But uh, for now, take care, be safe, and as always, thanks. Grind on.